Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Perception is Reality. It's your host, David, once again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in every week. It's very much appreciated. Today, I have my new friend in life, Corey Smirk, on with me. Thanks for joining, Corey. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. Just so everybody knows, because I like to do this with every episode, I like to tell people how we know each other. Um, I was stalking a hashtag, either perception or perception is reality, on Instagram. And there was this photo of uh, a guy holding a glass um, sphere. And there were three or four different options. And, and I believe you were asking which one was the best one. So I commented because in the sphere, like you also manipulated the sphere, the view in the sphere, did you not? Yeah, just a little bit. I, I made like one section black and white and in the other pictures, I kind of switched it around and, and messed with the clarity a little bit. Yeah. Right. And it was really a good, I thought, a great illustration of how people look at things differently. Like I say on the show, we all look at things through our own personal lenses and those things filter through and they are our reality. And everybody's is different. Uh, so I, re- I commented on that and, and Corey responded. And uh, somehow, after a little bit of stalking and coercion, I got him to be on the show. So thanks for joining yeah, thank you. I mean, it didn't take too much coercion. I really no, 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 like this concept and I really, you know, I'm looking forward to chatting. Speaking of which, oh, just so everybody knows, like I, I like to tell everybody how much we know each other. We met on Instagram. We had a brief discussion in the green room and there was a brief pre-call just to make sure that I wasn't an axe murdering um, <laughs> or <anything>. you were real. <laughs> that I was real, uh, not some sort of... Um, AI intelligence, right? although my wife questions that sometimes as well. Uh, So yeah, so not a whole lot of time. Um, However, like I said, my new friend in life, Corey Smirk. So Corey, what are we talking about today? So I think it's fair to say we can just get right in the the concept of perception in, in reality or it being your own reality in general and let's take off from there and let's share our ideas of what that means to each other perhaps love it so um i'm a note taker um so i just make sure that i'm paying attention and i used to write a blog and i still take notes it's force a habit and i did this little poll that was like i still write the blog and nobody responded so i was like okay nobody's reading the blog (laughs) so you're like Uh, all right readjust readjust yeah but i still have this habit of taking notes hey Um, it it works so do you want to go first i gave i already kind of tipped my head a little bit about how i view life we all have lenses so why don't you go ahead so I, you know, regardless of sort of like whatever you believe in, you know, deities, energies, this and that, I feel like I was afforded a very unique opportunity to learn the idea of perception being reality when I, I had a, a stint as a subcontractor at a gym in my area, you know, sort of a little side shoot on, you know, how I, I sort of stumbled across this, this concept. And, uh, 
the gym owner was super gracious. Not that it really matters, but it was a Christian based gym. So I thought that the morals were sound. I thought that what everything stood for made sense. And I was being treated sensibly at the time. But at the end of all of our conversations, we would always have, he would always sort of whisper to me in a really ominous way, perceptions, reality, man, almost as if he had a grasp on mine. And he said it to me in a way of which it made me feel like he had control over me. Hmm. So I, be- yeah, I, I sort of began to investigate what that meant. Like what was happening in our immediate environment around me? Like, was he taking ideas from me? Was, you know, things like that. Like, why was he saying these things to me? And sort of, uh, as that was unraveling, um, I, I sort of, found all of those little loopholes that he was kind of messing with me with. And like, he was sort of twisting the perception because after all I was in his facility, it's his rules, whatever he says goes. And even though I would be right at times, he still would hit me with that perceptions reality. Like I'm going to create your reality for you regardless. And uh, yeah, that's, that was like a hard lesson learned that now I sort of, you know, I, I get to know everybody just a little bit more before I decide to, you know, do business with them or, you know, decide to give them more of my energy or time. So, so I know that was a mouthful. No, 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 it wasn't. It, it was, it was very well explained, but I don't, I, I have a couple things. Of course. One, um, I will tell you, and I tell this to, I do, uh, my, my uh, listeners know that I do some coaching on the side and some uh, corporate strategy. Mm-hmm. And uh, just so you know, because you don't know this, but I do this um, for free to a very limited number of people at a time, one one or two at the most, because I, I find joy in helping other people. So and it's not something that attention. I, yeah. yeah, it's not something that I will ever charge for because I think that charging for those services would take the joy out of her for me. That's not a dig at any other coach or mentor out there in the world. Uh, that's just me. Uh, I'm been graced with a very good job that allows me to have that be a hobby instead of forced to be. That's that. awesome. So um, I will say this to you. Time is your most valuable asset. Be careful okay. how you spend it. Right on. So there's that. Um, and none of us, we all have a bank of time that we're given at birth. And we don't know how much time is in that bank Mm. and you can't get it back. So I will say that uh, because you mentioned that you're very cautious about who you allow to uh, you spend your time with. And that's very astute and prudent. And I can, I, I commend you for that deep level of understanding. Awesome. So my question, I just had to get that out. That was, I really said a lot of words there to just say that. No, I I love that. And, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess my, my, my immediate question around that is, you know, how do we delineate those bad energies from the good energies? And, you know, how do you allow somebody to take, you know, they got good energy. Maybe I'll fast track them a little bit or, you know, how do you delineate that? Well, I think we'll get to that answer in a moment because what I want to know from you Okay. And my question, and, and I don't usually do that. Well, actually, I do. I do this a lot. Answer questions <laughs> with questions. But <laughs> Me too. No worries. How did you realize that he was the, the gym owner? He, I'm going to call him a he. I don't know if it was a girl or a boy. It doesn't really matter. But yeah. for this argument, for this conversation, I'm just going to call him a he. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if anybody's listening, I'm not a sexist. I'm just picking a pronoun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when he was saying those things to you, what, because it's, I've never heard somebody refer to that in an ominous way. And the way you described it, I could feel like it was an ominous kind of thing. Like what, how did you? You could sort of like see the side eye that somebody would give you as I say that, you know, like perceptions reality as somebody looks over their shoulder and says it to you as they're walking away. That's sort of the ominous feeling I'd get every time. But in what context? Like, so can I ask, like, can you frame it up for me? Were you like, let's just say you're to, you're to gym, right? So mm-hmm. um, let's just say it was your turn to clean the equipment because everybody, yeah. everybody knows. And this is my sarcasm tone, by the way, Corey. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that anybody who goes to a gym always cleans off their equipment. Right, right, right. So let's just say it was your turn. And maybe you had some sort of disagreement or something or you didn't like it. Or, and then he was like, like how, what happened that he would say that to you? What prompted the, that? I'm going to make the story like super, super, super short. Mm-hmm. But essentially, uh, I was uh, tasked with coming up with a team for the first uh, Spartan reality television show. So they had two seasons, and they were, like, not so good. It was kind of a spinoff of Ninja Warrior. Uh-huh. But one of the, uh, the casting guys who I knew got a hold of me. He's like, hey, we want to feature Cleveland. Just put together a team. Uh, I did it. And it, it became like, because I chose their gym and their morals and their people – he chose a, a few of his friends and I was sort of the odd man out, if you will. So there was like one of me and four people who kind of know each other. And that's where things started to get iffy. And uh, I started to feel the, uh, the distance and he was sort of like monetizing off of our name. And I was like, that's weird. I put the, all of this together and I was, nobody asked me if this was okay. A lot of odd business practices that you're like, like I thought I was in on this with you guys kind of thing. Or at least give me a heads up. Hmm. Yeah, so it's a very interesting, and there's more parts to it that we might get to. Oh, but sure, that, sure. that was one of those things that I was just like, all right, man, like if we're all about this together, like it's, it's very weird that your gym's selling things based off of what we just did. I hope it's going to the charity that we stood for. And I never really had those answers. Interesting. So mm-hmm. there's a couple things that come to mind there. One, you said it was a Christian based gym. Yeah. So you, you would, I know people that would assume one of two things that, that, uh, there's no way in hell. And I said that on purpose that that money was going <laughs> to the charity. I think that, you know, like there's no way that this guy's sending this money to an actual charity. And then there's the other people that would be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so shocked that a Christian person wouldn't would put that together and, and, and not have that happen. Um, right. Because they're Christian that all just, you know, people like that's the perception. He might not even be a Christian, but he could be running a quote unquote Christian gym to get that business. And yep, you're taking words out of my mouth. Exactly. That's, you know, how I so, felt for a while, you know, well, because perception that now it's starting to make sense because perception is reality. And I always say. And I felt like he knew that's why he was saying it. You know, well, it was, it was he did know, and he was in his own way. So I did an episode with my friend, Linda Healer. Um, and she wasn't my much like you and everybody else that I interviewed They We don't know each other, but we're all friends now. So we talked about in her episode that 
um, can you learn uh, from people who are not nice to you? Can you learn things from from bad people? And absolutely, we talked about that for. So he was actually he might not have been a good person, but he was teaching you a lesson. Yeah. Um, and I firmly, was yeah. Sorry, uh, I always say this to some you know the corporations, the businesses that I help uh, when they're they're trying to or are people and it's if you want to control somebody's reality you need to control their perception mm-hmm. and that he is doing that yeah uh, so i i think i i understand i have an understanding i don't i hope all the listeners at home are following this because i mean i'm making the leap there but it makes sense as to why he was saying that he was like being honest with you about it so in a way he was actually Totally. You know, he was totally being honest. He was like, perception's reality, Corey. Yep. Um, I, I sort of inevitably just saw past it. And it's not like you can just openly have that conversation. It feels like it's just like opening up a whole, like, you know, Pandora's box, if you will, that just like can just be better off, I guess, a secret, if you will. Well, talking about the secret is a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of have already talked about that a little bit. It's about yep. uh, attracting luck in your life, but I had, I will talk, maybe we'll talk about that later. Right. So the, how did this person, this person opened your eyes to the concept, but mm-hmm. how did that, how did your research, your trying to understand, like, you know, you're, you're a, a younger Corey, younger than you are now. Yes. So how did younger Corey go about researching that and coming to a conclusion like what does perception is reality mean and then what does it mean to you? So to finish the story and make it super clean and easy from a, you know, a listener standpoint, what made it easy for me to understand this whole concept was after that individual's partner tried to um, utilize my mental illness against me and confide in me. <clears throat> So this is sort of, I know we talked briefly about it, um, where my bipolar sort of comes into play is um, she, she was, you know, asking me something along the lines of, you know, do you ever feel sad? You, you know, do you ever feel alone? And it was, again, one of those ominous conversations. Thank, thank goodness I was sitting next to my girlfriend at the time. And I'm like, are these texts normal? What's she hinting at? And she sort of got to the, the asking me, you know, if I feel alone and she's telling me how, you know, her husband doesn't love her as much and things like that. And the thing is, after that, nothing happened because of it. And I, I mean that in like the most neutral way. Like, it's not like anybody at that gym is going to know. It's they're the only people that are going to understand what happened, them and my girlfriend. And to understand that they control the entire perception of anybody who wants to listen to any story and I will just be muffled out was basically the icing on the cake to that entire scenario that again, it's one of those things that I'm glad I can talk to you about because it's something that I just cannot make up. No, I, I, um, I understand. Believe me. I, I understand. I see this a lot. It was bizarre, man. Like it was completely something that I hope I never live through again or anybody ever, like, if you're listening and can confide in this, please let us know. Because like, this is, I feel like, especially in the landscape of 2019, this might be more common with like, maybe not needing a degree. So you're really close to the person in town or, you know, just leveraging who people are and the the personal clout um, can kind of go a long way these days. 
Well, I agree. Um, so don't, please don't interpret my well. I just have like so oh, many no. things in my head that are swirling. So this happens, <laughs> Sorry, this yeah. happens to me a lot, Corey. Like my brain works a lot faster than my mouth can process Same. thoughts. So um, literally like I, I, I just get jumbled with a brainstorm. But I will say that you have, people need to listen to their gut. They do. They need to trust Absolutely. their gut. Um, or their spider sense, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're not, you don't need to be bit by a radioactive spider to have spider sense. You really don't. Sometimes the tickle of it walking on your leg or arm is just enough. So honestly. you, young Corey knew like, okay, something's just not right. And you trusted, I, I'm going to, this is my perception of the situation is that you trusted yourself enough that while it might not have been ideal for you, you saved yourself from it being much, much worse. Oh, absolutely. Because you trusted your, your gut instinct. There's a reason that we have instincts. Um, and they are there to protect us. And we need to listen to ourselves uh, more. So I'm glad that you did. I will say this, though. You will come across somebody in your future probably multiple people who will try to take advantage of you because they just, there are just not nice people in the world. I'm sure. And that's so, something that just, that's the hardest thing to look out for. Now that you, so in general, it's really good idea to try to figure out what somebody's motivation is. <laughs> yeah. What their true intention is. Exactly. That's certainly so believe it or not, because I don't charge, and that's for, for my coaching services, people find that strange. Like, well, what does he really want? Right, um, right. And I, that's why I'm really, one, a really picky about who I help, number one. And number two, like I'm very open about everything. And um, I, that's why I probably explain what I do every episode because I still come across pre people's perceptions as why would, why would you, David, want to help somebody for free like people pay for this right well you know what I, I sincerely do enjoy it and I do enjoy helping people I've served on the board of several charities you know this is the conversation I have to have with people to prove that I'm not some sort of crazy person and I'm not it's going to for you to share your perspective though so they understand where you're coming from that's for sure I, I do and I over explain it like you know I'm like I've always been like that it's just part of who i am and you know you either want to help or not you know it, it's at it, some points i have to get down to like look you either want my help or you don't um, right 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 sometimes i just call it because i'm like i don't think we'll be able to work together because uh of a trust issue which is fine and i'm cool with that and i don't i don't shame people for that because it's right. got to be beneficial but um always find out somebody's motivation because there is a motivation there are going to be people like me in the world who just want to help because we can help. We're in a position uh, where we don't, we literally don't, I don't need anything. I have everything that I could ever possibly need. In fact, I have more sometimes of what I would need. So right on. Send it my way when you have too much. <laughs> I'm, um, <laughs> tell you what, as soon as I get my, uh, I, I think I've told you this, I have a, my youngest is 20. He's in a doctoral program. So as soon as I get him out That's of, awesome. As soon as I get him out of out of his program, maybe I can yeah. have a little bit more to send people's way. But 
right, right now, like I said, what I do is like, I value my time. My time is the most important thing I, I have. So I value my time even more than my money. And awesome. as you should, yeah. That, this is, so we're, this is actually perception is reality related. So when people think about charities, and there are lots of good charities, but the ones that I respect the most personally are the ones that ask me for my time and not me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They want my time. They want me to help. They want me to volunteer. They want me to do whatever. They understand that that's, that's valuable to them. And you know, if I come and I bring my time, typically I'm investing in the charity as well. But, uh, absolutely. And also this is another, because I've been on the board of several charities, people need to know this. And I don't think that everybody does is that you all, before you invest in a charity, your time or your money, take a look at their finances and figure out how much money goes to the service that they're offering versus versus their staff their staffing yeah and you'd be shocked how many don't have a good ratio what is the best way to find that information that's often something i've wanted to look into do you go to the because i had always imagined like their personal page would be biased oh their personal page is biased um because they're a 503c they have to file uh taxes Right. And those are um, public and you can ask for them. You can literally ask for them. Okay. And they should be able to, a good charity should be able to furnish them for you um, and not be afraid to show their budget or how they spend their money. Because if right. they are, if they are, then what are they afraid to? They're afraid of something. They're either right. afraid that maybe they're a small grassroots charity and they're just maybe 95 cents to 100 cents of every dollar goes towards their charity. And those five cents goes towards like web hosting, you know, just minimal expenses. Right. Maybe they're just embarrassed with the way that their finances are being processed using QuickBooks and they can't really afford, um, you know, maybe they don't have a good C CFO on the, the, the board or something. And they're just embarrassed. That's one reason. It's a legitimate reason, but, They'll that's definitely an interesting perspective. I would have never thought of that. That's I've seen this. They're they're just they're so small that they're just embarrassed because if you're coming in and you're asking for them for their, you know, before you volunteer and you're asking for their finances, it can be very uh stressful to a very small charity. But if you're talking about like a large charity, it's very easy. It's all public, it's on there. Um it's buried because they don't want to admit that they're only spending 60 cents to 80 cents. Right. And there are some that, uh, <coughs> I'll, I'll just say this. Um, and I don't want to throw anybody under the, 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 I'll, I'll try not to be too obvious, but there are charities that phone and they are often raising money for, uh, families, of uh, people that have passed away in the line of duty. Okay. Most of those people calling that have the deep authoritative voice, it's, it, is, it does go to a real charity, but not a lot of money makes it to that charity. Maybe 10 cents of every dollar goes to the charity. Uh, that's a huge bummer. Like... So that's what I'm saying. People, 
if don't figure out where you're spending your money. But anyway, so back to Corey uh, and his journey. So you've learned. So you had an early on, you had an early spider sense about this. So you were like, yeah. okay, something's wrong. You prevented something worse. Mm -hmm. Through your That's learnings. Basically my, my experience with personal training kind of right there in a nutshell, just interesting shady characters. And they exist everywhere and they're unavoidable. So the real right. question that you asked, you asked me a question. You were like, it's not a air quote, the real question. I'll get to that. But a question you asked me is how can you expose those people? Right. How can you find out. Figure out their intention faster. Their intention faster. And, and I kind of went down a rabbit hole with charities because uh, it's a pet peeve of mine that people get taken advantage of. No, but it's important. But it's really about. If you take a look at the process, it's the same. You really need to figure out somebody's whys. And there's nothing wrong with asking somebody. I agree. And I, mean, I think it's, it's some individuals, if they're not willing to answer that question, whatever it may be, I think there is your answer right there if they're not willing to answer it clearly and concisely. I agree because I agree. Um, and the answer to the because is a couple things again like the charity like somebody like i'm just going to use you as an example so let's just say sure that you come across um <coughs> somebody who wants to help you with something whatever it is i don't care it could be like changing your tire on the side of the road you're like mm -hmm. oh you know whatever maybe that's a bad example but you're like okay why is this person trying to help me right and this person pulls up or you know you're like why do you want to help me it could be um anywhere from they had a flat tire once somebody helped them they're paying it forward could be maybe they saw you on the side of the road they were like he's pretty cute i'm gonna maybe i can get his number out of this i don't know whatever um maybe he'll buy me dinner after because he'll be so you know whatever or maybe there's a car full of people and they're like he's got a nice car he's wearing nice clothes you know because okay so let's stop and help him i'll distract him over here and you go through and get all this crap out of his car yeah, dang. Those are all very interesting scenarios, that's for sure. Um, now, in this example, you it's going to be hard to ask the person, why are you helping me? Because for the third part, because the person's not going to be like, well, I'm just really trying to distract you. And that only happens right. in car cartoons. Um, yeah, on the same token, the girl's not going to be like, well, I just thought you were cute and I just wanted your number. Right. You so know? that that... Thank you. Right. Thank you for bringing me back. So she might be embarrassed to answer the question. So she might not be able to answer it just like the third example. Right. But that doesn't mean that she's up to nefarious things, but there are signs like filter there that, that we must go through. Exactly. And you have, there's a, there's one of the lenses or filters. <laughs> you have to figure out the way through that. So you're going to obviously pause and you're going to have the conversation and you're going to assess body language. Mm -hmm. You know, did, did the person, did she blush? Did she all the, could she not look at you in the eye? Like, did she all of a sudden get embarrassed or, uh, you know, either way, again, these things could be signs of the nefarious deeds of like the guy that you didn't see in the passenger seats now, like rummaging through your car. Right. Um, right. But still it's worthwhile to try to figure out the motivation. I mean, it's, I'm using an extreme example, but it could be something. I think it's a good one, but there's nothing wrong with asking a question. Right. 
and if, if you want to soften the blow, you could say, well, you know, excuse me, I'm, I'm just curious, like, thank you for stopping, number one, but why did you stop? Like, what's in this for you? Or, you know, however you want to phrase it. Right. Put you it didn't in your have own to words. say that verbatim. Yeah, exactly. Put it in your own words or just say that and, and just ask them and watch the reaction. And then don't be afraid to ask the whys. Like, keep asking whys. I don't know if anybody's yeah. ever heard this before, but you have to, you can go five to seven layers deep on a why question and you'll pretty much get to the true answer. Okay. I like that. And that goes with, and I, I use this a lot in my coaching session. So if you're ever in a situation like this, Corey, and you're like, you, you sound like you're an introspective person. So if you're ever sitting down and you're in, in, in thought and you're trying to figure out something or you're trying to understand something, ask, ask seven why questions. Okay. And Is there a particular route that you start with? Or you start with like an overarching question or do you try to get specific right off the bat or? So when I, let me, let me do this to you. When I phrased that to you about when you're thinking about something and asked the five or seven whys, um, cause anywhere in between there, did a question pop into your head? Like did a thought, like did anything come to mind? My first immediate one was what am I asking why about? Okay. So good question. What are you asking why about? Why are you asking why about? Right, right. No, I'm. What's the answer? Why no, are you asking I, why? I, about? That's. Uh, I, I'm asking because I'm curious and want to get to that next question. Okay, so, so I what I'll be able to ask what about, and that'll be my why towards that, and hopefully keep going uh, to those layers that you're speaking about. Okay, now why is going through the layers important to you? Um, you're essentially distilling uh, what you're trying to get to. Because if you just stay on that surface layer, I mean, I guess you're only going to get surface responses. You're not really getting to the root of the cause of the intention. Why do we want to get to the root cause? Uh, whatever you're trying to deal with, grow upon, learn, that's where all, to me, that's where all the answers lie. If you're not going to go beyond superficial, you're going to stay superficial. And I think it's important to get to those, those root questions. Why ask? the question in general you don't have to do that's the thing some people don't never will you know they just simply don't and uh i guess therein lies your perception is reality concept in general if you don't want to it's not for somebody else to have to explain it to you but i'll be damned if knowing more perceptions of the reality we all exist in isn't awesome I think it's amazing to, to get to learn other people's perceptions. So then I know how to essentially bind it with my own and understand our perceived reality a little bit more. So I know, sorry, I went off the deep end a little bit on that one, but that's what, how I truly feel about it. The more we expose ourselves to other people's mindsets, maybe other intentions mixed in with our own intentions and our own whys, that's, that's the reality that we, we, we see, we feel, we touch, that we exist in. So if I may for a second. Did you see the difference between that why answer and the four before it? Absolutely. It, it became more in depth every single time. And we stopped at five, but that was, you got there. So that was the, like, I don't know if you heard that in your own tone of voice, but I could feel a difference. Like I could physically feel and hear a difference in the tone of your voice, the assertiveness, 
I even feel like you maybe sat up in your chair a little bit more when you were saying that. Oh yeah, I was I was waving my hands around for a second. I was, I was definitely so, animated. Does that help you as an exercise with the whys? Oh, that's that's like my favorite. Like that was a, a it was a coaching technique that I was like vaguely familiar with, but I've never actually done with anybody. But it was fun for you to just like slide that onto me, and I'm like, I got passionate in you know five questions. Exactly. So feel free to use that whenever. Do you ever um, run into, not to deviate, uh, run into people who cannot answer their own whys? Yes, I'm working with a young man right now. Um, and he's having a very hard time answering, going through this exercise. So what I told him this morning was, he's overthinking it. Definitely he's been highly there. <laughs> ana- oh, yeah. Highly analytical person. And part of why he needs help is because he's kind of stuck in a rut and he's overthinking everything. So this is an incredibly painful exercise and he dreads, dreads coming to see me every Monday morning because he knows that I'm going to take him down this road. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he needs it. He does, but at the end, he, he dreads it because he knows that he has a hard time answering the questions, but we get there. I mean, I don't... I'm not, I don't, I'm not torturing the poor guy. I'm not like, you know, it's not, right, torture, right. but, but he knows that I'm not going to accept a BS answer. I'm, I am going to right. call BS every time. And I do. And that's part of what is tough for him because he has, he's starting to realize that he is just BSing himself. Ah, uh, that's a, that's huge. And, and so we're, we, we made it past that hurdle today. And, um, you know, look, I don't want anybody. I am not a mental health counselor. I am a career counselor. Mm-hmm. I, I, and this is a career thing. It's not a, like, I'm not out, like, solving his relationship with his mom in some Freudian weird right. way. It's not. <laughs> but he needed that about- aha moment. He needed that aha moment for sure. He, he did. So when he first started coming to me, he wanted um to get into management he's just like but that's not really after this is our third session now he came in this morning he's like oh my god i know what i want to do and i i don't want to manage people i i I, that would be horrible so So what did he explain a little bit more on that oh absolutely um yes we did so it was because with him (laughs) he takes he takes homework home like most people, I, I assign homework, but I make it very difficult <laughs> because if he comes in and he knows that I'm going to call, call BS. So he had his own perception of himself. So his perception is that to have a great career, i.e. success and the money that follows it, you need to go into management. You need to have people, you need to do that. But that's not, that's not true. You don't need to be a people manager to have a successful career, be recognized and make a lot of money. That's, you don't. I wonder what led him to thinking that. That's interesting. Well, because that's just what he's seen by example. Okay. So he's probably always had a boss, always met in a conference room, kind of, yeah, just been in that environment. Well, also, and I'm going to get into the secret for a second here. Um, and how like the the science behind luck. So if you attract the the law of attraction, um, 
I'm assuming you know what that means. Oh yeah, what you okay. put out will come back to you. Exactly. So thank you for summing that up for, for I, I'm sure my listeners know what it means by now, but just in case anybody who is new and tuning in, one, thanks for finding me. Um, and you picked a good episode to find me. Corey's doing well. Um, Appreciate it. Do you know the science behind that? Because there is a science behind it. I don't, but uh, please enlighten me. I, the okay. way I think about it is like animal attraction on a very simplistic level. Your body language is similar to somebody's, maybe your chemicals. You're exuding all sorts of oxytocins flowing, the serotonin's flowing, something like that maybe. Well, that's all part of the reaction. Okay. But it's more, it's more than that. So if... Let me, let me, I use this analogy a lot. So there's two kinds of people in the world. And I'm going to use this, this as my explanation. And you can tell me if I've done a clear, uh, clear, good job explaining and showcasing the two different types of people. Okay. So there's $20 bill in the street, $20 US bill. I see it. I'm like, who? I want that. I go to pick it up. I trip. The bill floats away from me. I scraped my knee. I get up and I pick up the, the, the $20. That's the preamble. It's the same for both people. Mm -hmm. Person A now goes to work. And they are just upset because they've scraped their knee. They've tumbled. They're in pain. Five people witnessed it. One of those took a picture, probably videoed it. <laughs> and is completely upset. For the rest of the day, they take that with them. And they, um, bad things happen to them throughout the day. Yeah. Person two gets up, laughs, is like, sees the people looking and is like, did you see that? Totally fell, but I got 20 bucks. I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm awesome. That person takes that to work and they have a great day. All good things happen to them. And that's the law of attraction because what you're looking for, you will find. Mm -hmm. The person who was looking for good things found good things. Yeah. The person who only could see bad things only saw bad things. Even though they both ended up with $20 they didn't have eight hours before. Is that like a specific subset? Like, is there a name for that specifically? Seeing it through that that happy lens, I, I wish we could just call it like just one name, and, and you know what I mean. I, I don't know. It just there, sounds like a very powerful concept. I don't know if there's a name for it, but there are lots of papers published on the science of luck, and if you just Google the science of luck, you'll see all of the academic papers on it. I love so it. When there, there might be. Yeah. There might be a term in there that I don't remember, um, but that's basically how that works. And so why am I going through this? Because uh, the young man that I'm, I'm coaching right now only saw, he was only looking at people 
who were above him. Right. Looking to the side. So when I started pointing out that person, person A is driving a brand new vet, they're, you know, person B's got a Porsche and I, I'm making this up by the way, but like yeah, I started I pointing out the good things that people had, like, you know, uh, person C just went to Hawaii for two weeks. You know, I was pointing these things out and I was like, you think any of these things that I mentioned are, are inexpensive? Have you seen um, the watch on person D's wrist? You know, like, have you seen the um, accolades the person E got? You know, like I was able to point out, he wasn't looking in those directions. Right, right, right. Is that sort of the thing that, that drives him? Does he want that type of success as well for himself? He does. He's motivated to achieve a certain level of success and a certain monetary uh, sum. And, and I'm not here to, like, if people want to chase money, they can chase money. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I don't personally, like, if you want to do that, I'll help you do it. That's fine. But that's not uh, how I operate. I don't. Right. I've been fortunate enough where uh, I've been able to do things that I like to do and money has followed. Um, and that's what I was trying to teach him is like, okay, look at, look at um, Susie and Ralph over there and, and you know, they're developers and they've got like, they're writing all sorts of code and the company would be lost without them. And what makes you think they're not compensated well? Well, you know, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, well, then, you know, I dissect. I'm like, okay, she's got a house in a better neighborhood than I'm in. She drives right. a nicer car than I do. She went on more vacations than I did. You know, like, again, I'm making this up, but those are the kinds of things that I'm pointing out mm -hmm. in our real world to help him through that. Right, right, because right. Because perception is reality. And again, the secret is a way to, uh, or the law of attraction, is a way that we filter things through that become part of our reality. So that's just an emotional thing. Like I used an emotional thing, happy and sad. But it's also, if you're looking for opportunity every day and you're open to opportunity, guess what you're going to get? That opportunity, for sure. You're going to get opportunity because you're going to be looking for it. Uh, if you're looking for bad things, you will only see bad things because that's what you're tuned into. And it's not some hocus pocus mumbo jumbo, like, you know, oh, the secret, I've seen the video, I've seen this, I've seen that. No, right, right, right. Talking. No, it, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Like, I, I'm here to tell you, the plural you, not you, because you know this, Corey, that it's a legit thing. There's no, and there is <laughs> science behind it. And it's because you're training yourself to look for things. I definitely uh, interjecting here a little bit. Um, I, I think about it as the littlest acts of kindness so much as like, like holding the door. I know in a weird way empowers me to want to like be better throughout the day. And then when somebody reciprocates it, I mean, I'm not like a huge believer in karma, this or that. I'm like, oh, it, you know, maybe it was because I did that thing earlier. Or uh, another concept is like just simply smiling at a stranger while you're waiting in line you know, for a coffee or something. And yeah, you you both need your caffeine. You know, it's been an, an early morning, but the one thing you can do is make it more pleasurable for the people around you. And I think just those little actions, you know, kind of build up uh, and, and make your day better and allow you to see those things that you're talking about. I agree. Um, 
one thing I will say, and I say this a lot, is I have resting bitch face and resting bitch tongue. <laughs> That's funny. Me too. I I'm, totally understand. I'm never the person that like is just going to do an awkward smile because if I try to smile at a stranger, I definitely feel like I look like a mass murderer. But I've yes. been told that like got to be genuine. Yeah, but I've been told that like when I when I'm, I feel like I'm smiling. Like I feel like my muscles are up there and my corners of my mouth are like in my ears. People are like, dude, no, not at all. But like, I feel like I am. It's weird. So I, that's never going to happen. But the whole do- holding the door thing, let me, let me throw this by you. Have you ever, and, and I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be biased geographically because you're in, you're in kind of the North um you're in, you're you're kind of up there but have you ever opened the door for somebody and they were kind of like give you side i like what the hell you think you're doing like uh, uh like say a restaurant just anywhere out and about yeah no i think uh in the midwest here we are, are pretty darn friendly and i i've seen people get angry when you don't hold the door open long enough for them so yeah i haven't so I've lived all over the country. So this has happened to me a, a, a twice that I can remember. So I, I hold the door for everybody. Like right. even, you know, it's, sometimes it's a little weird because like I know that if there's somebody walking really slow, like, uh, you know, whatever, I will still, I'll wait. I don't care. I'm not in a hurry. Right. Um, and even if I am in a hurry, it's not that big of a deal. But like once I had um, a woman get mad at me for holding the door and she physically, she physically, she actually verbally said, I don't need you to hold the door for me. Oh, what? All right. Uh, do, is this where I take a guess of what part of the country it happened in? Like, um, oh. It was in New York state. Okay. That's right. And, yep. And, and another time, not in New York state. Um, sounded independent. <laughs> Another time in New York, uh, not New York State, somewhere else, I forget where this one was, but like I was holding the door. My wife had already gone in, but there was this guy. He wasn't really paying attention. Um, Wasn't on his phone, just wasn't paying attention. And I was holding the door for him. And he got there and he was like, dude, what the hell? Like, like he actually (laughs) thought like maybe I was like angry because I have resting bitch face struck. And yeah. I thought that I was angry with him. Odd timing for resting B face for sure. Right, right. And he was like kind of thinking like I was uh, being antagonistic. And I was like, no, I, was, I literally had to say, no, I'm, I'm just holding the door for you. Like, yeah. It was very, very weird. But um, so again, perception is reality. Like I, I think I'm doing something nice. And, you know, two people uh, out of all of the lots of people, because I hold, I'm a door holder. Uh, but you know again lenses perception is reality well and we can even turn i guess that concept on its head and view it from their perspective for a moment and and think like maybe their previous experiences with people doing that was just not a friendly one so maybe they were defensive initially who knows oh yeah i I didn't judge but like in the case of the the woman that i was holding the door for um all I said to her in, in the nicest resting bitch tone I could muster was, um, I'm just holding the door for you. I literally hold the door for anybody and everybody that's behind me. I just do it. What was her response to that? She kind of eased up a little bit, but I feel like she moved from like, I still think she thought it was weird. 
isn't it isn't it weird that you had to explain yourself in being a good person um i want to say i want to say yes but and 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 this is why the title of the show is perceptive though my website is perception is reality online dot online that's the website my and i chose the dot online domain people are like what is up with that <laughs> because people hide behind the anonymity that being online affords you so if i was you know instagram uh if you look at somebody's post you know they post or even facebook um, or twitter you know we post what we want people to see and we do that because we're creating our own we want, we're trying to control people's perception of us so we can control their reality. That's the whole point of it. That's nothing, absolutely what it is. Yep. Nothing's real online. Um, it, it, it's, it's not. I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I mean, that's my perception is that, let me say this. That was a very extreme thing in words matter. I feel that very little is real online and that everybody wants to control how they're perceived so they put out there what they want so um I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head with all of this absolutely so sorry i'm just uh i've got oh, no crying. worries crying. this everybody knows that this is a, a a an unedited podcast i just got a crying dog that i was trying to <laughs> having him be in the background but instead i caused the pregnant pause which i'm a fan of the pregnant pause by the way but this was an <laughs> unintentional pregnant pause because my dog was crying <laughs> hey to add to that same concept i i always uh often talk to my friends about marketing and branding and uh basically how everything we see is so curated and so fine-tuned and i'm like guys do you really do you really think you're you're ever seeing an unedited unedited photo anymore you know, you're seeing models in every picture. You're seeing the best of what we have at all times. So, I mean, that's got to be weird to, for a lot of people looking online to be comparing their everyday lives to, I mean, honestly, insane realities <laughs> that we see. And it's, uh, yeah, I can understand why the world kind of is how it is today. Everything's clickbait. Everything looks perfect. Oh, everything is clickbait. The and it's been that way for a long time, but just being online has made it worse because the confirmation bias is so extreme because the algorithms built into social media feed you confirmation bias by default. Yeah, um, absolutely. But going back to what you said about there is very little unedited photos out there. So for example, there's a famous skincare company. I don't know what they're called but they use uh, air quote real women and they're not the typical stick figure models we're used to. I think but, I know the campaign. Yeah. But I, my perception is that those aren't real women off the street. Those are real plus size models. They're still models. Right. They're just, they're just a, a, a different version of real in air quotes once again. Exactly. These are trained women who are professionals that know how to look at a camera. Um, and, and, and I mean, They're accomplishing this, the same goal. They just look a little bit different. Exactly. They might look a little bit more like <laughs> the normal person, but they're still trained professionals. Like, I mean, I've watched enough um, 
America's Next Top Model with my daughter uh, as a bonding session to know that Tyra Banks, you can smile. She calls it smile, smiling with your eyes. And it's it, it, being a model isn't easy. I know that it, they're very easy to pick on, but getting the right photo, getting the right facial expression, getting the right stuff, whatever, it's difficult. So if those air quote real people in this ad are still paid models. Um, and all those people in those car commercials that air quote just saw the new truck for the first time. Oh, right. <laughs> There's always those people. Yeah. Um, and just like this show, those actual customers are probably actual customers, but they've been in a green room and they've been prepped. Right. Absolutely. I mean, before I, I've talked about this, like my green room is very small. I get in, I tell people, okay, I'm going to hit record. We're going to, then I'll do the intro and then I will introduce you. You say hi, and then I'll ask you what the topic is. And then I'll tell people how we know each other. And then, you know, whatever, like that's my green room. It lasts like five to 10 minutes. Answer any questions. I help with some nerves. Some people are very nervous. You weren't. Um, Try not but, to be. But, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a green room. There's prep. I mean, they're filming a commercial. There's like, it's a commercial. Do you know how many people it takes to film a commercial? And, and that's, I think, the thing that society is kind of numb to at the moment is like, oh, we just want to remain ignorant, honestly, in the best of ways. And we probably have the best of intentions for ourselves in trying to remain ignorant to those things. Like, oh, you know, advertising doesn't affect us. This and that doesn't affect us. That's crap. <laughs> you know, like whether we know it or not, there's always subconscious uh, you know, assimilation to things that we don't even know that we're emotionally driven to purchase, be around, buy, you know, all that stuff. Oh no, we're constantly being barraged by those things. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to, it's, it's hard to unsee the, see it when you know it, like if you're not paying attention to it. So for example, just like if you just look at product placement in movies, people don't, I'm, I'm going to say a general term, and this is just from personal experience, is that people don't understand that in movies, products pay to be in the movie. So the Rolex watch, the sunglasses, the designer clothes, the car, all of that stuff. Got me thinking about James Bond. Well, Yes, that was what I was going for. But um, actually, um, I was actually describing uh, Detective Pikachu because I just saw that with my son. <laughs> uh, right on. Were there a lot of little small placements that you're like, oh, wow. So there's one scene at the end where um, Ryan Reynolds is, is hugging somebody. And if you've, uh, the movie's been out long enough, so who cares? So he's, Ryan Reynolds is hugging somebody in the movie. Okay. And um, there's the, the shot of him hugging that emotional scene, the emotional scene, like at the, the climax of the movie, which please, I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you. No, it's all good. Not just anybody. I, I, cause that is a major <laughs> spoiling moment, but that whole scene is focused in on his wristwatch. Okay. Like, don't get me wrong. It shows him hugging the other person. I'm not going to say who they are. I is. mean, hold on. What, what you're saying is during the most emotional part of the movie, yep. what a brand wants, emotionally driven attachments, 
that's when they decide to plug it. That is, I mean, of course, right? Yep. So somebody else might perceive that as a very touching scene. They're not really paying attention, but it's hard not to notice the watch. Now me, I'm looking at it like, oh, it's a watch ad. <laughs> right, right. And that's how I totally see it that way too. Because I'm, I'm not, uh, so if you um, have studied photography at all, so there's the, the thirds, right? Yeah. I don't know if you, so it's perfectly, this watch is perfectly in the upper left quadrant of the thirds. So it's right. one third of the way down and one third of the way over to the, over to the right. It's literally textbook focused in the most prominent spot. <laughs> yeah, somebody knew what they were doing. That's for sure. Of course they did. So, I mean, I'm sure like, I, I, you know, normal people didn't really pay attention, but I'm, I'm telling you that was a watch ad. And the, I, I think you said it once before. They're like, once you, once you understand, you can't unsee it. Like that's how you begin to look at the world. And it's like, damn, there's just, it's a barrage. It is. And I, I, I tell people that to pay, you know, have you ever said the word teacup and then all of a sudden on your Facebook and Instagram feed, there's ads for teacups? Oh my goodness. Yes. I used to tell my college roommate that all the time, like a while ago, he's like, you're full of crap. And then like more news and more news comes out as we get older and everybody's well aware of like what's going on in the world today now. Yeah, for sure. One thing, since you're a curious individual, just do me a favor and Google all the psychological studies that Facebook has conducted. Oh, geez. Am I going to have my mind blown or be sickened or both? Um, probably <laughs> both at the same time because they've actually published, this is published work in the public domain, how they've used us as users as psychological experiments to refine and hone the algorithms on their feed and also how they use the data that they collect on you, including your geolocation, because if you have the Messenger app installed, they are listening to you and they do follow your location. Yeah. They know where you're going. They know when you're going to the doctor. They can predict oh, yeah. where you're going. They know all that stuff and how that all equates to the perfect ad, the perfect yeah. ad placement. You're meant to see those things. I just think about the timing that can go into like such a, a well-placed ad or like I frequently hear while I'm running a Spotify ad that goes tired of hearing this ad while you're running. Isn't this annoying? And it speaks to that very thing I'm doing at the moment. So yeah, at this point, I'm just like, get out of here, you silly commercial. I know what you're doing now. Exactly. Yeah. So that all goes into, and I, and we've shared a lot about, like I've been sharing for the last 9,000 years to you just now about like how these are all things that have formed my views on perception is reality and why I started the podcast, because I want people to understand, and it's not a bad thing. I don't want people to think that I'm being all, um, uh, you know, negative person here it's just it's more about the understanding no this is it's a level of awareness and and knowledge knowledge is power and i want people Absolutely. to be knowledgeable i want them to i want people to understand a lot of things from listening to this podcast and just the concept of how perception is reality is, is just one of them there's many underlying 
Well, and you, you flipped over a societal rock, if you will, that like some people will go to their grave absolutely denying. Which one? You know, just talking about like they hear everything we do, the geolocation, the, the messenger app. There's some people that are like, whatever. And you're like, for real. Like we're at a point where that is very real. Everyone knows about it. It affects our lives. And I guess the, the question is like, how do we respond in a way? Well, that is a question. And, and people, if they're listening and uh, they don't want to believe, uh, they can Google it because there's lots of, again, there's documents in the public domain by the companies that are doing this. I'm not saying like it's, you know, there are also legitimate companies that have verified this information. It's not like, you know, tinfoil hat times, uh, right. which usually when I start talking about these things, I usually say, okay, David's got his tinfoil hat on now. <laughs> no, I, I completely understand it. I've been down some rabbit holes for sure. These are um, 100% verifiable public domain research papers done by the actual companies. Also, if you really want to get into it and you really don't believe me, take a look at the patents these companies file. Everything's listed in the patent and it explains in excruciating detail how they're listening to you using your microphone. Um, oh, I'm sure that's kind of an eerie read, huh? It, it is. And, and especially like, uh, so what, here's, here's one thing that people don't understand. Uh, I, I won't name the, per, the, the, the company, but let's just say it's got a girl's name. They all have girls' names, right? And you say, hey, fill in the blank. Right. Just by that nature, that device is listening for the words, hey, and then its name. Mm -hmm. To do that, you have to actively listen to everything that's going on. Yeah. Now, what people don't understand is by using these devices, they give permission to the company to analyze and listen to data that the that the device finds difficult to decipher. If it finds anything- uh, That's probably in big air quotes. I, I am using air quotes. So anything that it finds difficult to decipher literally goes to a room of human individuals that get paid to listen to your conversation. Sometimes it's one or two or multiple people in the room that the device has a problem discerning who's who. It gets transcribed and sent back and updated in the algorithms. People are listening to your conversation. They just are. Yeah, and, and this, this uh, I think there was a, a slew of these that I saw over like Yahoo News. Like um, insert female name here, understands that there may be domestic violence going on in the background and the police get called. And Absolutely. They actually, and that's, that is, uh, that's insane to me, but all very Cool, scary, you know, if it thwarts something bad from happening, awesome, but it's also extremely terrifying. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we could talk about domestic violence uh, in, a, in another episode. That's something that is completely horrible, and I feel personally that it's unnecessary. Um, I agree. And if you are being abused, please seek help. There are people out there that do want to help you. There's nothing weak about you. Um, go right get up. help. If you're one of those people that you recognize, like, okay, maybe you're an abuser, seek help. It's, it's, if you're on either side of that coin, get help. 
Somebody's but, out there that listen. But I do, I don't like them listening. I'm so anti them listening. I have it shut off on all my devices. Um, and anywhere in the, the, the house, <laughs> my kids, my family, I don't, we, I, I don't let them do it. I just, just don't. Um, but knowing that it can and will help somebody with domestic violence, like if you are in a situation like that, go and get the device. It'll listen to you and it may help you. There are code words that are built in to help you. Um, if you're in a situation where you don't feel like you can call 911 safely, have one of those devices around. They, they do serve a purpose. Um, good can be done. That's cool. But anyway, that's, that's my very shoddily done PSA for the moment. So we've talked a little bit about, like actually not a little bit, we've talked a lot about how I've come over the years to study because I've been studying perceptions really for a long time. I've been saying it for a long time. Um, it was something that has been very clear to me for many, 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 many years um, that I've stumbled onto myself. You came to it because somebody introduced you the concept. Yeah. But how has, let's talk about a couple things. How has your view of perception as reality matured over the years? Oh man, that's, that's a big one. Um, I, I think I've become more than anything, just understanding. Like the more we're able to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, I know that's like a really uh, simple way to put it, but the more we can do that and understand that we may not ever understand somebody's journey, I think the more we begin to respect our own journey and the things that we're going through, I, there's just a lot of people paying attention to things we don't need to pay attention to. Like, you know, we just got done talking about how marketers bombard us with information, clickbait, this and that. How do we become more human? How do we better understand ourselves? And honestly, the answer to that question for me, and hopefully maybe yourself and people who are listening, is finding your perception and finding your reality through all of that. And again, without exploring your perception within that reality, it's, it's impossible. So yeah, it's a journey. Wander intentionally. Know what you're wandering towards. That, yeah, that's, that's my, I guess, short-winded version of that. No, I, I like it. I'm glad that you're one of us is being short-winded today. Um, I will say that uh, I totally lost my train of thought. But um, wander, I like what you said, though, wander intentionally. Oh, the whys. I know I was going to ask you about the whys. Uh, what I would like people to take away from anything in life is like if you're feeling something or you have a certain view on that, don't be afraid to ask why. For ask sure. yourself, why do you feel this way? Why do you literally why do you have this feeling like if you're going through some sort of emotional turmoil ask yourself why you're feeling that way and have that conversation don't don't be afraid to go do the wise but also why do you believe something right you know why do you have this this air quote belief it's okay to ask yourself and that that question and but have the don't be afraid to ask that question and don't be afraid to sit down and try to figure out, well, with somebody else, why do you believe this? I love that you brought that up again, because I was going to say this a little bit earlier, but I didn't quite have the context. Um, I think the people that don't ask themselves those deeper questions, the extended whys, if you will, 
I, I don't think that they're interested in necessarily learning the answers all the time. And I, I believe that there's an essence of tension that individuals enjoy putting themselves through. I don't quite understand it, but I see it in the people around me in my life. Like, I feel like when I give advice to people and you might feel the same, you know, you give them their why, like for them, you're like, Hey, this is who you are. This is what you stand for. Why don't you see that? Or how don't you see that? And again, you know, insert perceptions, reality, they need to stumble across it themselves, even though somebody else might have the answer for them. And that it it blows my mind a lot of the time. I I never give advice. Literally. I I just don't. Um, I, when asked a question, I will start trying to i will ask a bunch of questions back i need to understand why the person's asking the question what do they really want because sometimes somebody will ask a question and they don't really understand why they're asking the question right they don't know their own intention exactly so if somebody this is like this used to really annoy the crap out of my son um when he would ask me a question it got to a point where he stopped asking me questions for a long time (laughs) Because I would do this crap on them. Um, yeah. But I do not, like if somebody is like, hey, David, I'm thinking about getting a Ford F-150 or a Chevy Silverado, what should I do? I'm not going to give them an answer. Um, okay. I mean, I have a very biased answer, but that's because I know people that have built the production lines for the vehicles. Um, okay. So, I mean, but I'm not, you know, going to, say which one's better or worse you don't try to sway them either way no i never try to sway anybody either way but i try to understand why you're really asking and it really most of the time it really boils down to me is like they're just looking for confirmation bias like they're like they're asking me because they really want the ford or they really want the chevy and they just want somebody else to agree that and that makes it okay in that example um and then i have other examples where but a lot of times it's just they want confirmation of your decision right um and you don't want to give them that. I like that. I never want to give that because I need to understand why they really want it. Why do they feel like they need it? It's your car. Who gives a crap? Go drive it. Right. I, I've I've definitely <clears throat> caught myself in positions where I've realized that confirmation bias exists. And it's interesting how people react to that. And uh, if some people understand that you're not going to give them a straight answer, they almost try to coerce it. You know, like... I don't know what the concept is for that, but they sort of sway you and like, are you sure you don't like the Ford a little bit better? You know? No, no, that's, that's, that's true. People will, people want the easy answer. Um, I, I just am not that person. I won't give it to them. I dig that. I just won't. I'm, I'm mean that way. Um, <laughs> very mean that way. It's not mean. It's a, it's a growth opportunity. Uh, you know, that's again, perception. Um, right. That's how I see it. But I know that I'm being mean when I say that, you know. Uh, so we're at getting close to time. So let me ask you some more perception is reality questions. So okay. what was your perception coming in to the interview and what's your reality now that you've been through it? Oh, man. Taking it full circle. Um, definitely Corey. I, I like it. I like it. I, I try to come full circle at least once a day, experience all the emotions. <laughs> I think that's important. This is doing that for sure. Um, so my perception going into it, uh, I, I didn't know what to expect. 
I know we had started getting into some conversation in the sort of pre-interview that you're like, wait, let's hold off and let's wait till we get into the convo. So I really like that. So I sort of knew what to expect and I enjoy, I really thoroughly enjoy talking with people about subjects like this, because like you said, you can always go back to the whole perception is reality. And that's sort of the crux of it all. That's the root of the proverbial problem. It's not a problem. It's something that we all hope to develop a greater understanding of. You know, there's just so many moving parts to it. Um, but I guess I sort of answered the second question in my explanation. Like my takeaway from it is that these conversations are expansive and they start by having, uh, you know, a conversation in general and having an intention set for what you hope to achieve, uh, you know, or at least get out of it. And uh, I think we've sort of done that. Like we've had a lot of good conversation and a lot of good, you know, uh, sub-concepts that I think people can get some good takeaways from. Excellent. That's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, to have this conversation because it's really, I mean, one of the things when I talk about this is, is I like to showcase that perfect strangers can have a conversation and we can literally, like, I, I hear this a lot is that people the feedback that i get is that and i've i've never received anything opposite of this yet but the feedback is that everybody is like wow i had a really good time i could have talked to you yeah, for, sure. oh, yeah. for, for hours more yeah and we're we're complete strangers but that that just what have i done different than what other people might do i wasn't afraid to ask questions yeah. but like real questions it's not like Hey, Corey, um, how's the weather up there? Because, I mean, I'm in Houston, so everybody's up there to me, except for people when I know that they're <laughs> yeah, on, right, right. you know. Um, so I can say up there. Because um, no matter where you are, you're up there. Uh, right. I know you're not in Central or South America. I don't know um, if it's an odd comparison, but, like, I feel like you're the really intriguing person that I met at a bar and, like, we kept each other's conversation and attention long enough to where it became interesting. You know what I mean? And like, I thrive on personal moments like that. Like, you know, not necessarily through the interwebs per se, but like, you know, when you're out there and you can have a genuine conversation, that's exactly what this reminded me of. So I appreciate that. It felt like it was extremely comfortable and, you know, relaxing, honestly, like I, I really enjoy it. And thank you for having me. Oh, I definitely, you're welcome. And thank you for being on, but that's, again, that's, what I'm trying to showcase is that if you, you really can have an interesting, legitimate conversation with anybody, if you want to, and you have to be open to the experience, meaning um, actually ask questions, you, you know, don't stick to the surface level stuff, like ask a real question. Right. People, people, people don't know this about me. Um, and I don't know if I've even ever talked about it, but I am an off the chart introvert. Okay. Legit. I wouldn't have gotten that from talking with you at all. Nobody ever does. But that's because I know that, um, you know, after this, I'll take my time and I'll recharge and like a conversation like this can be draining. Oh yeah. I totally get that. And and not in a bad way. I don't want you to, because the word draining can be bad, but it's not a bad no, way. I, I just, understand it. Totally. You know, I'm, but I'm going to over explain it anyway. Um, because an introvert, <laughs> I totally get it. Go for it. You know, an introvert, we get our our source of energy from <laughs> solitude and introspection, 
uh, it's not that we're shy people. We just get drained being around other people and, and, you know, extroverts, they thrive in a social environment and that's where they get their energy and they get drained when they're all alone. Um, and I'm simplifying and please don't call and write in or leave me an angry voicemail that I've oversimplified. I know that I'm just, you know, we're already in a long time. Um, but even somebody that is an extreme introvert, you can have a conversation. You don't, you can have an interesting conversation. People might be, what people don't understand is that people are just as anxious and nervous as you are. So just have the conversation. And, and if you're at ease, people will be at ease. Absolutely. That's a, that's a hard thing for, I think, most individuals to understand right off the bat is that like, you know, uh, go back to law of attraction. If you're going to, if you're going to be at ease, if you're going to be relaxed, if you're going to be happy when you're talking to that individual, I mean, hopefully they mirror your behavior and just exude exactly what you're putting out there. And Hey, like if it feels weird to share your energy in that way, I can completely understand, you know, but I think, uh, we need to allow happiness into our life versus kind of holding a shield up towards it, if you will. Oh, I, I, I agree. And that's, um, that would be a topic for another day, but I will say this to sure. everybody that's listening is that, uh, and I think um, Taylor hit on this because I did talk to a, a, a happiness mentor. I'm not saying her title right. I am totally butchering it. I apologize, but she's basically uh, a happiness and, and wellness mentor. And even she said, you know, just people don't feel like they're deserving. You, you're all deserving of happiness and contentment. You oh, isn't it odd? Sorry, what? Isn't that odd? You know, yes. like what makes us feel undeserving? Yes, exactly. You, you all deserve it. You are not undeserving of it and you can't achieve it. But here's the thing. You do not need to be happy 24-7. That's not the point of being happy. Right. And that's a skill to learn in and of itself. Well, then they just need to listen to her talk because she talks yeah. about that for an hour with me. But, um, I but I digress. So um, I had one more question for you. So you told us what your perception was coming in. You told us what your reality was at the end. Mm -hmm. So two questions. So okay. one is what, and I'm going to ask them both to you right now so you can just rapid fire them out. Um, what will you take forward from this conversation? Actually three questions. Cause okay. I <laughs> what will you take? What will you take away from this going forward? What do you hope other people take away? Because you're, you might be at a different level than somebody else, but they right. could be the same answer. And then three. Um, well, I know your name now is Corey Smirk. I knew you as Corey exploring because of your account. So I want you to mm -hmm. like, if there is, a Corey you that is a public figure because I really I, I don't do any investigative reporting so I really know no nothing coming in so if there's a I want to give you an opportunity that if there's a you out there that you need to promote now is the time this is a non-advertised self-funded hobby podcast I make no money on this and I shamelessly promote any guest that comes on because I'm thankful for what the time that they've invested in this um, podcast so those three things go i really well first off i want to say thank you for having me um i really appreciate it 
Um, you can you can find me on Instagram, Corey, K-O-R-E-Y dot exploring. And uh, in the bio of that, you can find my creative page, Explored Perspective. Um, you know, it is exactly what it says. It's all the pictures and videos of things that I find interesting that do explore this very concept. So that's another uh, offshoot if you want to check that out. And um, what were the questions? Just the takeaway that you hope uh, I, I hope others get? Well, two things. I want to know what your takeaway, what will you carry forward? And then what do you hope other people have learned and will carry forward? Because in my mind, they're two different things, but I could see how they could be the same thing. Like what, what I'm definitely going to carry forward from this and having this fantastic conversation with you is that first off, not everybody is aware of these levels of even understanding comprehension. Like when we were going, you know, down the rabbit hole of that marketing, there are just some people who don't want to understand that who want to remain ignorant. It's easier to have your nine to five, be a part of the union, go home, kiss the wife with the kid and the, the picket fence. That's cool. I'm not knocking that dream. But I, I think that, you know, that is, it's important to be aware of that layer. And number two, for somebody else to take away from that is to at least understand that that layer exists. Like, you know, if you want to go home, have the beer, remain ignorant, watch the news, ingest the whatever they want to feed to YouTube, that is totally fine. But as an individual, I wish more people would understand and respect the fact that not everybody is, quote unquote, that simple or lives that lifestyle. And the people who, can I just add on? I'm going to add on anyway. Oh, of course. Please do. Please do. Uh, TV, media, newspaper, magazines, you name it. They're not nonprofit organizations. They exist right. to sell and make money. So mm -hmm. they're, they're bottom line. Um, yeah. And that's one thing that I, I hope everybody understands. And again, if you want to, picture me in my tinfoil hat go ahead but they really truly they really truly need to make a profit it's the only way they can survive it, it, exactly it's very difficult to find a nonprofit media outlet that even has a large enough voice to make a dent in anything and, uh, and imagine I, I i honestly could not imagine what unbiased news looks like like i everything has its own little sense of like inflection when the pretty lady says it you know or like tone of voice and it's just so intriguing to break it all down at the end of the day absolutely is i mean there's a couple examples that come to mind even though i know we were, we're supposed to stop and we will i promise everybody no it's it's all good this is but, i love this conversation but i mean those people that like news for example they're they're cast for a reason i mean absolutely there's a reason why on this one of the Spanish networks we get down here that the weather girl wears literally practically nothing and she's 100% probably a solid 10. I mean, right, right. There's a reason she exists and there's a reason why they've got her jumping up and down and being all excited about. Uh, it's sunny out. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, right. do they know they're being sexist? Yes. Does she? Absolutely. Are they exploiting it? Yes. Are people tuning in? Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. When they tune in, everybody's cool with it. Yep. They see the products that are placed on the screen in front of them, and then they stay, stick around for the ad because they want to see her come back. Right. Yep. It's so bizarre. I mean, and, and I'm just using that as an example. It could be a him. I mean, you know, whatever. I don't want to discriminate. Yeah, it just, it it just happens in a different way. Exactly. So, 
I just want people to understand that they're just being sold to. That's all. Yeah. Um, and that's it. So anyway, I will leave on that note. So um, if people want to reach me, they can. Uh, you can leave me a voicemail at 585-210-0240. Or any social media, it's P-I-R podcast. That's my handle. My website, or, um, you already know that. The email address, if you want to email me, is uh, pirpodcast at gmail.com. I'll cray cray stuff I know. Very hard to remember. P-I-R podcast. Uh, very difficult. Uh, to talk about anything, be a guest, talk about um, something you've heard, whatever. Drop me a line. Uh, let's talk about it. And Corey, you heard how to find him. I want to be clear that it's K-O-R-E-Y. Yeah. Exploring. Yes, sir. Exactly on Instagram. And you can see all that. And then there's information in this bio. But I just wanted to make sure that people got the spelling right. Yeah, appreciate um, that. Thanks, David. I got that there. So you can also contact him there if you want to talk to him. If you, there's anything that you've heard that you're like, well, you know what? I don't want to talk to David. I'd rather talk to Corey. You know what? Guess what? Thanks to the miracle of modern technology, you can. Ta-da. I know it's crazy talk, but uh, um, also if I may, so I'm going to just throw this out there. Uh, this is something that we didn't talk about. Uh, we did, but we didn't really get into it as much as maybe we thought we were, but that's your bipolarness. Yeah. And I'm not bringing that up to call you out on it. What I am saying is that um, I'm throwing you out there uh, and, you know, you can, you know, be mad at me later, but I'll ask, I'm not asking for permission. I'll ask for freaking So if somebody wants to contact you, if they're maybe struggling, you're not a trained counselor, but, you know, you do have that. If they, um, you know, maybe need some resources or you can refer them to, to a professional help, I'm sure that you'd be more than happy to talk to anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I'm, I'm not a counselor, but, you know, providing alternative perspectives is exactly, you know, what a person in my position, you know, I, I've needed it before, just simply somebody to talk to. Um, yeah, feel free to email me at uh, Corey.exploring, just like my Instagram handle, at gmail.com. And uh, I usually get back within a day. Feel free to start conversations, engage me, whatever you might need help with. And I'm, I'm definitely always more than willing to lend a helpful ear. Thank you for that. And, and I didn't think you would mind. So I just, I perceived. Well, not at all. I love engaging with people on, on topics that I think I can genuinely provide value and help. I just personally feel my perception is that we don't talk about it enough. And maybe, you know, if you're willing to come back in a couple of weeks, we'll just talk about that, what it's like, because I have talked to somebody about anxiety. Um, yeah, I'd love to. I think there's such a stigma that exists. And I have a, a, you know, a handful of stories that I could tell you without getting too deep into it that I think, you know, if people heard, they, they might understand sort of the journey a little bit more and have a greater understanding of like what a person actually goes through. So let's, let's you and I book that. Everybody that's listening, that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks because Corey just volunteered to do it. But my point in bringing that up was there are Nobody's talking about it, really. I mean, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but I, I perceive they're not. So my point is, if somebody is newly diagnosed or if they're struggling, 
maybe it would help to talk to somebody who's been there. And again, you can refer them to professional help. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, sometimes, like you said, it just does help to talk to somebody who's been there, done that. Yep. It indeed um, does. So anyway, again, I, I'm not portraying Corey to be a doctor or medical professional. He doesn't even play one on TV. Um, <laughs> so, but if you just are at that point in your life and, and you need to reach out to somebody, you know, he's here to help. Shit. Yeah. I mean, sugar, I'm even here to help. So yep, there's always somebody, always, we, always. We, we will listen and we will help you find the right help. We, yep. You know, because we're not medically trained or anything. Yep. Um, all right. So thank you for that. And thank you for your time. Um, yeah, thank you, David. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And everybody, you know how to reach us. Thank you once again for tuning in. Uh, you guys are the best audience in the podcast universe, in case you didn't know that. Thanks for listening. Uh, you are. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. See ya.